Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're listening to WBCALP, 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello. You're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. And it's just great to be back this Sunday. Uh, pray all has been well, and if not, amen, you're, 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 you're holding on. You're trusting and believing that it will be, because if so, you wouldn't be here. Amen. So uh, last week, we kind of was talking about, are you fully persuaded, you know, in the Word of God, in the things of God? I mean, you know, when God's Word speaks, do you truly trust it? Do you really believe it? Do you stand on it? Amen. Hallelujah. Or do you uh, tend to crumble um, and go back to what you know? And uh, I guess it's so funny because even as I'm speaking to you now, it's like I, I might have given this example, but I um, remember when I was in my in labor, and um, I, I when I was in labor, I, I mean I remembered the words of what my Lamaze class said, but um, <clears throat> somewhere in between the contractions, I might have lost sight of what I was supposed to be doing. And even though people were reminding me at the time, I didn't know if I necessarily, while in pain, wanted to hear them speak. And so I'm like, wow, I pray that I don't do the Word of God that way. Like, wow, that in I, I we learn the Word sometimes when, you know, it's information, we're really not going through anything. And then the season of testing comes, something happens, and and we forget what God said. We forget what, you know, what the word, what the word had told us, you know. And I mean, we're not the only ones. The children of Israel did the very same thing, but they actually even saw like the Red Sea part and open, right? And they, how God took care of them in their uh, walk in the wilderness. You know, he fed them with manna. Um, he protected them uh, with, by the clouds by day and the pillar of fire by night. And yet they forgot, you know, when trouble came, when uh, they crossed the Red Sea. I mean, just crossed the Red Sea, was drying out, chilling. And then Moses went to go to Mount Sinai, amen, and was gone. And while Moses was gone, what did they do? They began to to, to build a golden calf. They began to, um, you know, go back to their former ways of being. And the Bible tells us that we are a new cre- creation, a new creature in Christ, and that the old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. But it doesn't happen, like, automatically sometimes. I mean, it's supernatural, so it does happen. But we, we, we are the ones who have to continue. It's like a bike, right? You, you get the bike, you pedal, and you're moving, but and eventually you got to start pedaling again because if you don't pedal anymore, it's going to, like, just stop moving. The bike will just stop. 
So you got to, like, take your feet off the pedal a while and let it go. And then when you see it slowing down, you start pedaling again. And and it's like, you know, you, you we, we got to keep pedaling when we get in. We're a new cre- creation in Christ. God did a work in us. We're new. Our slate has been clean, right? Now, here comes the enemy. It's like, oh, don't stop pedaling. You got to pedal even more. Keep pedaling, right? Keep trusting the believing the word. Like, I'm new. I don't have to think like that. I don't have to pick those so same old ways and patterns up. Easier said than done, but that's where we want to strive to be, right? Where we're walking more in our newness than we are in our old ways, right? I might, In other words, but before I came to Christ, I might have been a... Um, a cursor. I might have cursed. I might have um, lived lasciviously, right? Uh, however, now that I'm a new cre- creation in Christ, I may not lean to those same ways of being anymore. You know, I might have not been a person of peace. I might have been argumentative. You might, you know, you might always have commotion or trouble. When you come to Christ, you're, you're trying to wean off of those behaviors, right? You know, we, we want now our character to be more like Christ. The Bible says that we were created and made in his image. And so, therefore, we're, we're starting to look more like Christ the more that we lean in, abide in him, the more that we read his word. And that's like peddling. We we're peddling. Now we're starting to get a more of a momentum in this thing called Christianity. Hallelujah, right? Being Christ-like. Sometimes I, I, I encounter people who are say they're Christians, but they're not Christ-like. They don't pay their bills. They don't keep their word. They don't say what they mean and mean what they say. It's hard to track them. You know, you know they're very non-trustworthy. They don't keep their word. And so it gets real difficult sometimes. Uh, do I believe what you say or should I look at your friends? fruit? Should I look at your character, your actions, right? And so therefore, a lot of times our, our newness starts to get swallowed up by the oldness starts to, to take take over again. And, um, you know, I used to tell my kids when they were young, I mean, you know, just think you have uh, a jar, it's empty, and you have black marbles and white marbles. And let's say, for instance, the things that we do for the Lord will represent white marbles and the things that we do uh, for um, our flesh or the world or sin will say the black marbles. And we realize that, you know, our everyday living, we get up, we might turn on our phone, we might look a little TikTok. You know, those are black marbles, black marbles brushing our teeth. We're sowing towards the flesh. Nothing spiritual happened. Oh, but we prayed, throw in a white marble. You know, we ate, we cooked, you know, dropping a marble. You know, so the, every time we do an action in the natural, we, we drop a, mar- a marble, a black marble in. But whenever we do something spiritual, we drop a white marble in. By the end of the day, we had like three white marbles. Maybe you said your grace for lunch. Uh, maybe you said your uh, a prayer uh, because you saw an ambulance go down the street. Um, maybe you said your your dinner, you know, for dinner. You know, and uh, let's say you prayed when you um, went to bed. But at the end of the night, you look at your jar. It's like you have like 70 black marbles swallowing up the four white marbles, right? And it's those white marbles can't withhold all of that flesh, sin, you know? And so we, you you begin to see how sometimes we're offset. We're really not feeding our spirit. 
more or at least the same, right? At least balance it. But a lot of times we're off balance because we're feeding our flesh more than we're feeding our spirit. And our spirit man is not winning. Our spirit man is being swallowed up by the things of this world. And that's what, that's what happens. That's what happens in our journey. You know, I try to do good, Paul said, but evil is always present, you know. So it happens. But how are we going to offset it? What are we going to do to change the trajectory of the situation that we're in, right? I want to be a new creation in Christ all of the time. Not sometimes, all of the time. Because we know that Christianity is really about being a lifestyle. It's about one who, who's Christ-like, who loves the things of God, who loves what God loves and hate what he hates. He hates sin. Amen. It tells us in uh, Proverbs 6 the things that he hates. I'm going to take a, a moment and go, go right to it. I didn't plan to, to give that scripture, but, but nevertheless, I want to read it in your hearing. And so um, Proverbs 6 and starts with 16 These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are detestable to him. A proud look, which is like arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. He hates a heart that that plots wicked schemes. He, uh, He hates feet that are swift in running to do mischief to do evil. He hates a false witness or a lying witness who gives false testimony and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. I mean, he hates that. And so what God hates, we not only want to hate it in others and in ourselves. We're not running to do those things because we know God isn't pleased. We don't want to walk in pride. We don't want to have lying tongues and we don't want to shed innocent blood. Amen. We we don't want hearts that are always devising wicked plans, schemes. You don't want to be a schemer. You, you don't want to run to mischief. You don't want to do evil. You don't want to be a false witness. You don't want people to not be able to trust you and, and be your word. You know? It says, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. He said, bind them continually upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. And when thou go, it shall lead thee. When thou sleep, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Amen. So I'm going to stop there. So we want to walk in the fullness of God. We want to walk, amen, and the new creation that we are when we have given our life to Christ. We have become brand new at that point. Unfortunately, we now, he says, you have to be transformed, right? How do we begin to transform completely into this new creature and start renewing? He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
right? Amen. So we have to begin to renew our mind. And how do we renew our mind? Well, we don't try to put in it the same old information we were putting in it before our new newness, right? We want to start putting in the things of God. We want to start hanging around the people, you know, not all the things of God and people of God are godly. So, but we want to hang in the opposite direction. We want to move. That's a good way of saying it. Move in the opposite direction of where we were walking in prior. Amen. Hallelujah. So if I was hanging around drug addicts, right? Then I, I, when I become new, I may not want to go back to hanging around that same style, right, of a group of people, because they may influence me back into where I was or used to be. There, there may be a time God will send you back, but not right now when you're first new, right? You got to start still build yourself up. You got to start going through your process. Uh, so we were talking about, you know, trusting and believing God's word last week. Amen. And, <clears throat> you know, and standing on what the word says. And we, we, we stopped at Matthew 5, when we said, well, what do we do with the word telling us to love your enemies and bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you? That's half of us, right? I, I, one of those categories we all have experienced, you know, or uh, hopefully we, we're not uh, party to it, but we definitely have experienced it and may have been a culprit in one or two areas, right? So he's saying you just got to love. Well, wait a minute. They're cursing me. You know, they're doing these things against me. They hate me. But he said you got to love them. Well, wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me I gotta like use? I gotta love those people who are using me. Love them. What about the ones that lying on me and they persecuting me? Love them. Ah, it's easy to believe his word when we're not being challenged, right? Especially if you're around people, your coworkers stabbing you in the back. They may be lying on you. They might be, um, you know, how they may be putting you down to make themselves look bigger, better. You know, but the Bible says to love your enemies. And that's a hard, that's a hard scripture sometimes when you feel injustice coming against you. How do you love those when they're calling you names, when they're calling you out of your culture and character, you know? So we've got to believe what God's word and what he's saying. Amen. Even to the point they persecuted Jesus. Amen. And the Bible says he never said a mumbling word. They lied on him, but he never said a mumbling word. Amen. And did not, did not his father, heavenly father, amen, um, come, come to his aid, to his rescue. And we stopped also by saying Jeremiah 30, 17. Listen, God is speaking to us through his word, right? And so he said, I will restore your health. And I will heal you of your wounds. And there's a lot of people right now that have trauma and have emotional wounds. They're hurting. God said he will heal you. Right? And so, therefore, we've got to press in. And we've got to believe that God is able to do it. Now, I'm going to read something. Daniel 5.12. He said, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding. Daniel was a man who interpreting of dreams. 
and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, right? Whom the king named Belt, Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. And so what I like about what they were saying here, um, that Daniel was able to dissolve doubts, right? And we've got to get to a place, amen, where we're doubting God's word, that we dissolve the doubts. How do we do it? Well, an, a natural example would be if you remember how we used to um, drop Alka-Seltzer. I know my mom used to take Alka-Seltzer, and she would drop them in water. And I'd just be amazed at it bubbling and fizzing. Fizz, you know? And so it, it was exciting to know that, um, uh, to see those being dissolved, right? And so, listen, when we're in times of adversity and we're, we're really doubting God's word, we've got to just dissolve them. We just got to speak to that doubt. We got to say, what makes you not believe what is being said? And I know sometimes what makes us hesitate is we don't want to look like a fool. God said um, that we can lay hands on the sick and they recover. And even though we hear that and we know that, sometimes doubt gets in the way. Like, well, what if I lay hands on them and they don't recover? Hmm. And so that doubt just causes us sometimes to not even attempt or to try, right? But the Bible tells us that whosoever doubts is condemned, right? Uh, Romans 14, 23. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. Amen. And so that's why he said without faith, it's impossible to please him. And one thing I, I have to assume is that if you are born again, a born again believer, it, it would almost be my guess that you want to please God. It would almost be my guess that you want to uh, change, you know, that you don't want your living to be in vain. You don't want to be like the five virgins who didn't have enough oil in their lamps and were left behind, you know. You don't want to be, um, you know, not, not ready. Amen. Hallelujah. And so so therefore you you want you want to please God. Right? You want God to create in you a clean heart and and renew within you a right spirit. And maybe as you travel along the way in this journey, you get sidetracked or you start to give up or feel like it's hopeless, you know, it's not working, right? And the Bible tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Sometimes we have to just keep trying. You know, we may fall down, but we get back up again. We just got to keep trying. Like we just can't give up, you know. 
Because God's word is going to, you know, perform what he said. He said God in Numbers, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. If he said it, will he not do it? And if he spoke it, will he not make it good? And that's the place we are getting to the where we know because God said it, it's coming to pass. Amen. Because he said, we know it's going to happen. And we trust it. And we stand on that word. Amen. And we realize that, you know what? It's, it's not impossible. You know, we got to be uh, fully, fully persuaded. Uh, in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, it says, For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The Bible tells us that nothing can pluck us out of his hands. Hallelujah. That he who begun the work in us, that he is faithful to complete it. And Hebrews 11 and 13 says, and all these all died in faith. He begins to go down the list of greats. Let me just go to it. Hebrews 11. And I'm going to go a little bit above 13. We'll start at 11. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as insunumerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. They, these all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. And truly, if they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desired a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offspring, his only, his one and only son, the one to whom he had been said, your offspring would be called through Isaac. Well, yeah. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back figuratively, speaking. Amen. And so 
when we, we, we see this and we're like, God, amen. We receive the things that were promised, amen. But this is what I like in verse 13. But they saw them from a distance. What has God promised you? Do you see it from a distance? Can you see it? Right? I, I think there's a song from the clock, one of the clock sisters. Sandra? Well, anyway, she, she says you got to say it before you see it. So here it's saying that they saw from a distance, it, it greeted them and confessed that they were foreigners, right? That they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Listen, what that's speaking to my spirit is the fact that, listen, they believed, they believed it, they believed it, they believed it. They held on to it. Hallelujah. They were persuaded of them and they embraced them and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Listen, we're, we're, we're getting too comfortable. We're pilgrims passing by. They always said that, that this earth right now, because we're a new creation, it's not our home, that we have now a heavenly place that we are looking to go to. We know that we'll have eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. And even though we don't see it, we believe it. And we trust God's word and we trust the promise. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we can't get so caught up where we're living for the world that we forget what, who God is and what he said, he said, I come, he said, I came, I well, came to prepare a place. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we're excited about what, what God is doing in this season. And we're excited, amen, that we have an opportunity to stand on the word and trust the word and believe the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we have to be fully persuaded. We know who we believe. Amen. And that God, he is able to keep what we have committed into his hands. I want to end right here by committing things. What do you want to commit into the hands of God? That you want God to keep safe for you. Family, your children, your business, your finances. What is it? Your life, your heart, your spouse. Hallelujah. What is it that you want God to keep? Hallelujah for you. Hallelujah. So once again, we're out of time. But I want you to think about it. I want you to ask yourself, do I really believe? Am I fully persuaded? Or am I a Christian atheist? One who believes there is a God, but does not believe the word. In other words, they're not fully persuaded. And what God's word says. Therefore, the word isn't working. This is Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. Remember, greatness is on the inside of you. God bless and have a wonderful week.